Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Work Party, the podcast where we are throwing out the rulebook and bringing you real talk and hot takes on what is happening in the working world right now, because life moves fast. If we've learned anything from the past few years, it's that the only constant is change, and we can't pretend everything is status quo. I'm your host, Jacqueline Johnson, and it's Hot Take Time, where we ask guests to let us in on a fresh POV that they feel super passionate about. From spicy money talk to unexpected relationship advice, love them or hate them, agree or disagree, these piping hot and sometimes controversial takes will get you thinking. So let's get into it. Robin Del Monte is your PR guru. Known by her TikTok handle at Town. Robin has become TikTok's personal public relations expert after leaving her corporate job in 2021. Back in the day, Robin quickly realized that the corporate world left her feeling unfulfilled and decided to join something called TikTok in 2021. Within eight months, Robin had successfully branded herself as the internet's agent and launched a full-fledged consulting business doing innovative, specialized, Gen Z-driven advice for epic brands like Duncan and Infinity. She was recognized for her achievements and honored with the Business Insight Creator of the Year Award for Adweek, Creative Visionary, and was also featured on the 12th annual Forbes 30 Under 30 list, which we love. Her whip-smart brand advice and spicy opinions on just about everything makes her the perfect guest for our hot takes. So Robin, I will let you give your hot take. Okay. Well, also, first and foremost, I just wanted to say that that intro is insane. And I feel like Anybody else who's out there who can kind of relate to the fact that being in this industry and growing on social media and turning it into a business and working with some of these, the biggest brands in the world, people have always looked up to, I still get imposter syndrome because I feel like while I'm on my couch in Massachusetts, coming up with these ideas and posting them on my phone and on my TikTok, that it's very personal to me, but to hear what I've done from your perspective, which is such an honor, means so much to me. And that really pumped me up for this podcast because I still get imposter syndrome. I'm still pinching myself daily when it comes to all of this. So thank you so much for that extremely kind intro. Of course. And you are exactly where you need to be. So don't let that imposter syndrome get you. It's a lot, but that's not the hot take. This hot take is something I feel very, very strongly about. And something that I actually speak about a lot with brands that I work with and on my platform. And it is that being interested in pop culture isn't vapid and it's actually an amazing skill to have in the business world. Yeah, absolutely. And I I loved this hot take because I truly believe the world has changed, business has changed, and 
this guilty pleasure that you have, that you enjoy, has become your superpower, your moneymaker, your work, your career. And I think that's something maybe 20 years ago, maybe you couldn't do. But these days, I think it's this niche interest in hobbies that can really take you to that next level, which is something I think you did so well on TikTok. So take us back to starting Girlboss Town. Like, it sounds like you had a little bit of a strategy of how you wanted to approach it. But tell us a little bit about how you got started. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to having strategy and creativity, things change quickly because you can go into it wanting one thing and expecting one thing. But then as a creative, you the ideas keep coming and things change in your life and you figure out you're better at one thing than the next. So I always did have a little bit of a strategy. And when I say strategy, I mean, when I was eight years old, I decided I was going to be the next Oprah. So things have shifted a little bit from that strategy. But growing up, I really, the TV was my babysitter. And what kept me going and kept me entertained was just seeing how like authentic storytelling being presented on TV through things like Oprah or even E! True Hollywood Story. I was like, that's what I want to do as a career. Like I want to be a storyteller. Mm. But being a girl from Nashville, New Hampshire, when I would go to my guidance office and I was getting all C's and I was like, I want to be a storyteller and be an E! News. They were like, so that's not a thing. Let's pivot. So I went to college for communications And I didn't even know what that was when I went into it. But I was like, yeah, I think this will work. Study communications in college. And then right after college, I moved to LA thinking I was going to be like Lauren Conrad on the Hills. But without a Viacom camera crew and any plan of action, that is not what it looked like. So when you think you're going to move to LA to be a star, it doesn't necessarily look like that. But I, I am so happy that my quote unquote, not failures, but things that I went after that I didn't get happened to me in my life because that set me up to be where I am now and gave me the perspective of what it's like to really want something and not have it and know that not having it is going to lead you to where you need to be. So after my LA stint, I came home for family reasons, was working in email marketing, marketing at health insurance companies, marketing at real estate firms, And I was like, this is not Mad Men and this is not Us Weekly and I'm not scratching that creative itch. So I took all of my creativity, started posting it on social media. And then essentially, I came to a breaking point a little bit post-COVID, I think as we all did, where we were like, what are we doing with our lives? What is life in general? You know, the casual everyday post-COVID thoughts. Yeah. What are we Um, doing here? Exactly. So I decided to quit my corporate job. I was going to go back to school to actually to esthetician school because I love health and beauty. And I started waitressing and working at anthropology. And with a little bit more free time that I had, I started really posting on social media and creating a digital resume for myself out of frustration of not being able to be hired from brands that I looked up to with my traditional resume. Mm. I was like, look, I'm just going to call them out, tell them what they should do even though I have no zero experience with this brand and see what happens. And what happened was one, noticing that other people were interested in these types of things as me and using my following as a currency to go to brands to be like, not only do I want to work with you, but people want to see us work together and they're interested in what happens behind the scenes just as much as what happens in front of the camera. And I also realized that like I could do this for real. Like I could do this as a job and my opinions and my voice matters just because I don't have a traditional resume. That doesn't mean anything. That's actually like a superpower, like what you were saying. There needs to be more people in the industry without traditional experience 
to give their opinions and to be a part of the creative process. Yeah, I love that so much. And I love that it started as a digital resume builder because I remember when people started doing mm-hmm. that on TikTok, they were like, oh, I'm going to yeah, like go Jenna on Palik. and yeah, yeah. create the content and, and take advantage of it. And the reality is, is your strategies were great. And people started to take notice and started to hire you. And so it's it's so true. Like, you have to take the opportunity for yourself. You can't just, especially when it comes to job hunting these days, it's like you could apply to a thousand jobs. You're not going to hear from any of them. You really have to be creative in that way. And so this ended up becoming your job, which is hilarious, like yes. in retrospect. But, you know, one of the things that you were kind of part of is this incredible phenomenon that we're seeing happen right now. So, for instance, we opened this season with Tinks. And I think of her as like the same moment of like discovering the platform and you guys both doing your authentic selves, doing your own specific POVs, being really smart and savvy, and then, you know, by proxy skyrocketing to the top of TikTok, you know, for your unique perspectives. When did you realize that this was not just a digital resume? This is your full-blown job now. Yeah. So after I started gaining traction and started taking meetings and really educating myself on this space and what that's going to look like, because I was meeting with massive talent agencies and they were like, do you want to work for us, with us? What does that even look like? Like I kind of had to write the script of what this looks like to be a creator slash consultant. So to come up with the brand deals that creative looks like and then execute it, it's like just to work behind the scenes and in front of the camera. What does that look like? How is that structured? Like what kind of team do you need to do that? So I did a lot of research and um, I ended up signing with my team now. And then there's two moments to answer your question, when I was able to quit my waitressing job and know that I had steady income was one moment where I was like, okay, wow, this is insane and real. And I'm seeing the benefits of my creativity for the first time ever. Mm -hmm. And then another moment was when I started doing panels and speaking at conferences and speaking with CEOs and CMOs. And when they started to ask me questions, Mm -hmm. That is when I really realized, okay, this is far bigger than I thought it ever could be. And even though validation isn't everything, it was really validating to hear some of the people who make some of the biggest moves in this industry ask me a question because I feel like my whole life I've been kind of silenced by the stereotypical route that somebody's supposed to take to get to X job or what that looks like, or Mm. what type of person that looks like. Mm. So that was, those were two really surreal moments for me where I was like, okay, this is my real job. And this is a thing. Yeah. And I love that you talked about the fact that you are a unique creator in in this sphere. Like you're not necessarily Mm -hmm. posting fashion every day in your outfits and tight. Like there's, people tend to take that road, right? Where they're like, they're seeing those people be successful. They're like, I got to go replicate that and start like, you know, doing cottage core chic, picking strawberries, whatever, you know? And like, I love that you came into this and we're like, I'm just going to do my own thing and see what Mm -hmm. happens and call out brands, which is risky, inherently risky in its own way. And you took that risk and it's paid off in spades. And and now you not only are influential because of who you are and what you do and all the cool things that are happening in your life, but because you have like real savvy marketing opinions as well. And you're getting recognized by places like Forbes and Adweek. So, I mean, kudos to you for taking that risk. What advice would you give to people that are looking to create a niche experience Mm -hmm. on TikTok or Instagram today? Like what, what advice would you give them? I love this question because the question doesn't have an answer because I think if you're searching for your niche, it's not a niche. Yes. So I get that question a lot. And I used to always actually hear Lauren, the Skinny Confidential, talking about niche content, this, this, this. And I was like, what she's saying is so true. 
But I think where people struggle is they'll try to find their niche instead of letting the niche find them. And people as in consumers and audiences can see through that. So for me, to be quite frank and honest, I was sitting on my couch, hungover in sweatpants, and I was looking at Madison Beer's Instagram. And I was like, you know what? She is so beautiful, so talented, has all the reach in the world, but I feel like she's not as big as she could be. Like, what would like make people understand her a little bit more? Like it literally was just like a thought process. And I just word vomited that thought process on TikTok. And that's what became my niche. But before that, I tried to be calculated, tried to come up with all these decks and Excel spreadsheets. I'm going to post this on this day and this on this day. And, this day. and that's what didn't work for yeah. me. So yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's also the platform, right? Because I think TikTok mm-hmm. does not appreciate that type of planned content. It does not no, do well. I mean, when- what does TikTok even appreciate? I feel like it changes every day. It's like, <laughs> it's so hard. Like sometimes I'll put up a video and it won't do very well at first. I'm like, oh my God, no. And then three days later, it's popping off. And then sometimes yeah. you post a a funny random video and it pops off right away. It's, it's, it's when people try to understand the algorithm, which I know is part of trend forecasting and part of the like part of business, but I'm still struggling to figure that out. But yeah. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's said that self-care is how you take your power back. When navigating the nuances of your career, relationships, and life tasks, there's not always a clear pathway for how to manage it all, let alone deal with any challenges that may arise. Therapy can provide you with the tools and support you need to move forward with confidence and clarity. With BetterHelp, prioritizing mental health has never been easier. About 75% of people who seek therapy find some benefit from it, according to the American Psychiatric Association. Not only has therapy been shown to improve emotional and psychological well-being, but it's also linked to positive changes in the brain and body with benefits including improved coping skills and increased work satisfaction. Touted as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp provides online therapy and virtual mental health services for those needing support without ever leaving the comfort of their own home. The process is 100% online and designed to be convenient, flexible, affordable, and suited to your busy schedule. Here's how it works. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and based on your needs, the site will match you with one of 33,000 licensed therapists, including psychologists, marriage and family therapists, clinical social workers, and board licensed professional counselors. BetterHelp takes into account your location, preferences, and availability to connect with a licensed and vetted mental health professional. Plus, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Unlike IRL, you don't need to make an appointment to communicate. Message your therapist at any time or schedule a live session whenever it makes sense for you. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com party today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot party. Do you want to start a company but have no idea where to begin? Or do you have dreams of becoming an influencer? Well, the Life with Mariana podcast is here to help. I'm Mariana Hewitt, a Los Angeles-based influencer and co-founder of the Clean Skincare line, Summer Fridays. Each Tuesday, I'm talking to my friends from business owners, wellness experts, and more to share all of their best advice for you to live your best life. Make sure to tune in and subscribe to my podcast and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what's coming up each week so you don't miss an episode. One thing 
I love about you too is that I think a lot of times when creators get, go from like, you know, smaller to bigger, then they mm-hmm. become almost celebritized where they're like mm-hmm. untouchable, talk to my team. They don't talk about money. They can't talk about anything because they're like, they don't want to be polarizing to anyone or anything. And what I loved is, you know, I watched one video that you did that you were you were like, I'm in LA. I just signed with my agent. So like, I have an agent. I have a publicist. Like you broke it down. Here's how it all works. Like, here's how it kind of went down, which I feel like is rare. Like, I think all of a sudden mm-hmm. people become this like, un- it becomes this untouchable, don't want to be too polarizing figure, but that's not your brand. So tell us a little no. bit about that experience. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I'm a consumer first. I'm a fan first. So when I got into this industry and the curtain was lifted, I was like, oh my God, like this is why this, this, and this happens. And this is why this person's on this podcast because they have the same agent and the same PR. It's not like a random friendship. Like everything started to kind of unravel. And I was like, oh my gosh, everybody is connected. I actually just answered a question on my Instagram about like, what's one thing about the industry that like you were shocked by? And it's like, everyone is connected. Like Mm. there's certain people that like I share the same agent with and we're connected through that. But if people knew that like we were connected in that way, they would be like mind blown or like you'll see certain guests on certain podcasts and you'll be like, how did they get that person? It's like, oh, because they have the same PR. It's just like, and that blew my mind because I would watch these 16 year old TikTokers be on Forbes 30 under 30. And I was like, how did that happen? Not that they don't have talent or like they don't have work ethic, but I was like, what's the team behind them helping that happen? Mm. What steps are they taking? What does that look like? How are they buying a house? I don't even know how to do laundry. Like there was just, I was like, how is all this happening? But what people don't understand is like, there is specific teams that are set in place for success. And I always credit so much of my success to my team. Mm. And I feel like, because it's a, such a big part of it. It's yeah. such a big part of your success is the people that help you get there and guide you there. So for me to be transparent about that with my audience, I think is so important because I was a fan too, watching these kids blow up and getting these massive million dollar brand deals. And I was like, what does that look like? How do they even know what, like, how do they even know how to open yeah. up a business bank account? Like there's just like so much that isn't spoken about. So yeah, I like to kind of lift up the curtain a little bit to show my audience, hey, this is actually what it's like. And this is why X, Y, and Z is able to happen. I I love this. And I, I think it's so great because it's so true. I think there, I mean, just full disclosure, Tinks and I have the same agent and that's how we got to yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. It's like thing. Exactly. It's so true. And it's a very specific I think niche and like, even for me, like I'm much older than you, but coming here and like, I, you know, I remember when Instagram launched and like all these things. And I think the the cadence to fame was much slower. You know, you were in the mix for three, five, six years before you even thought about having a product line or like that was even an option on the table. And now it's fast as hell. Like they've really figured out, Mm -hmm. you know, the system, but I think there's also a lot of fatigue in that. So, you know, for you, how are you building Girl Boss Town and your personal brand, obviously, to sustain over time? Because obviously you're a marketer at heart. Mm -hmm. You understand the business. Um, You're not naive to that. So how are you thinking about, you know, sustaining as a long-term career for you? So I, from the very beginning was like, I love to be creative. I love to do the behind the scenes work. And if I can put that behind the scenes work on camera, that is incredible. I love hosting. Like I like being on camera because of like, it's like, 
fulfilling my inner child. Like I wanted to do e-news my whole life and I got to do that. Like those things are great. But as I'm experiencing all these on-camera things, fun opportunities, to my core, I know to have longevity in this industry. And for me to be happy, I need to continue to be creative for a living. And the fact that I'm privileged enough to be creative for a living is so massive. And I want to hunker down on that and make sure that continues. So the future of Girl Boss Town, what that looks like is on the back end, I'm doing consulting for brands and it looks different with every brand, but really to open up my own creative consulting agency, building out a team and continuing to do what I do on social media and bringing those ideas to life and showing that process to my audience and to the consumer is my dream and something that I'm working on. I would love to get into writing when it comes to TV, movies, books, not even about myself, but just like conceptualizing shows and pitching shows and movies. Because like I said, like I'm a pop culture girly. I love TV series and movies. And a lot of my ads and marketing and creativity comes from storytelling and music. And sometimes that'll look like a TV series or like a movie. So I would love to kind of get involved in that space as well. And then third, I would love to continue to build out my philanthropic work within the grief community. That's like what means the most to me. So there's, I always say there's like three pillars to Girl Boss Sound, off camera, on camera, and my heart. So those are the three things that I really want to focus on and continue to build out when it comes to the Girl Boss Town brand. Such a great perspective and so excited for you. I mean, mm-hmm. really, it's just the beginning of what you're doing. And I think you're taking a really smart approach because the reality is, is like you are the brand right now, but building something beyond yourself is something I don't see a lot of people doing. Like, so I look at Create and Cultivate as a, a perfect example. Like yeah. it wasn't called the Jacqueline Johnson show. You know, it was it's Create yeah. and Cultivate. It could live and exist without me and build something bigger than me. And you've done the same with Girl Girl Boss Town. I mean, obviously you're the influencer yourself, but like, I think that's a really smart and strategic move. Is that something that you've really thought about? Mm-hmm. And I want to be able to hire people like me who don't have traditional resumes and are these creatives that are literally making feature films on TikTok while going to their nine to five. Crazy. It's like, I'm like, brands need to tap in on this talent that's on TikTok right now. They're on these apps every day. And a lot of times I'll go to brands and speak to brands and they spend X amount of money on ads a day, a month, a year. And they don't even have TikTok on their phone. Crazy. It's like, let's start tapping these native creators who are on these apps every single day to be a part of the creative process. And I want to give a home to people like that. I think that's so great. And obviously going to flip the ad industry on its head. So in the spirit of no gatekeeping and monetizing Mm -hmm. and building this and making this, you know, obviously your, your business. What are some of the lesser known ways people make money as creators? I think everyone understands sponsored content, right? But there's like a million other ways you can make money. So what are some of those ways? And also, what are some of the mistakes people make when they're going out to start monetizing? Yeah. So, I mean, consulting can look very different Mm. for a majority of different creators. And shout out to Victoria Paris. She was one of the first creators that when I started growing a following, reaching out to me and really helping me in this space. And she kind of introduced me to the concept of consulting and it looked very different than what it looks like now because now I'm trying to build out like this whole other branch. As a creator, the knowledge that you hold of one, how to connect and speak with an audience, two, what is going on on TikTok, and three, like just having your finger on the pulse of internet culture and knowing how to translate that, you can go to brands with that knowledge and monetize that. Like brands would love to sit and speak with people like that who are consistently, it's like this, okay, say a brand wants to have a successful ad campaign. In the eyes of a creator, it's like, 
as a creator, it's like I'm making a successful ad campaign every day by making a video that goes viral every day. Now, I'm not saying I do, but certain creators do. I'm like, yeah. you can take that knowledge and sell that to brands. And not that there's a formula, like I said, because you can't like replicate how to go viral, but that knowledge is so important and your voice needs to be heard with these brands. So that's a way I think creators can make money that I don't know if maybe more are that I just don't know mm. of, but I feel like a lot of creators could use that to tap, tap into that. And another like advice piece I have for creators is like, I started going to business conferences very early on in my career, like IAB, South by Southwest, like TikTok conferences, like going to ad week, social week. And it's not a tart trip to Dubai, (laughs) but the things you learn and the connections you make at these business conferences will set you up for success. All of the panels are about the creator economy, but there's not creators Creators there. Yeah. So like when I started getting into the panel world, like and I'm now such a panel girly, like I've done like 14 and like, I love it. And like, and now I feel so at home, but I'm like, yeah, let's start tapping these creators to be on these panels talking about the creator economy. Like it's just, yeah. So if, if I could give any advice or think of more ways that creators can make money is really tapping into the business side of it and yeah. being confident in that. I mean, at first I was extreme. I was like, I wasn't a good student in school. I couldn't get a job at a good marketing company in Boston. Like, why am I going to be on a panel with these people? Like, but like have the confidence to know that like your knowledge that you're gaining through creating is just as valuable as traditional edge, like yeah. job experience uh, that comes out they're looking for. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, not to make me sound like 150 years old, but like, I remember in high school, I would like, I did so bad in English because she was like, your writing style is like too short, too conversational to all these things. And I realized like afterwards, I, you know, in, 2008, I launched a blog and I was like, oh, I was blogging. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. And then I had a really popular blog, which is how all this stuff had happened. But I was like, yeah, that was my unique skill. That was like, you're doing it wrong. And yeah. it's like, actually, this is like what sets you apart. So I, I think that's such great advice. And I, I really love it. Curious your hot take, though, on influencer trips. Are we going to start seeing less of these? Because they're really backfiring these days. So I think it depends. Here's the hard part, because I feel like I see ups and downs to it. But I also give props to the brands that are doing influencer trips and trying to do it and trying to execute it and like trying something new because at least we're not caught in like the old school era of like traditional marketing. Like they're trying to like have their ideas come to life Mm. and execute a vision of creativity of what their brand looks like and bringing that brand to life and giving it back to some of the people who have helped them get there, these influencers who help um, get the word out about their products. So I would never be like, oh, influencer trips, horrible, like it's back. But I see the discourse, like Mm -hmm. I see the conversations around it and they definitely hold a lot of weight and value. So I'm not sure what the future of influencer trips look like, but I will say maybe if a brand wants to hire me to help plan an influencer trip in the future, I'm here for it. But I mean, I do enjoy some of the content that comes from it. I would be lying if I said I didn't. Truly my favorite content. It's the most hilarious. It's the best. I love all the parodies around it. I think it's awesome. So obviously you found success on TikTok. You're on Instagram. You're doing all these different things. For someone who's starting out or a creator, what do you think the right mix of platforms is? Do you think we're still in the age of like, got to post on YouTube, got to get on Twitter, got it? Or is it just like, find your platform and stick to it? A little bit of both. I mean, I do think YouTube, I mean, YouTube's massive. Like I was a YouTube girl growing up through and through. Like that's where I found like 
influencers and pop culture. Like I love watching YouTube as like content and I, it's so massive. I think we're going to have a little bit more YouTube within the next year. I think mm. with longer format videos are going to drive a little bit more and Coco Moco. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her Mm-mm. at can. I heard her speak and she was saying, everybody's saying like short form content is where everybody's going. Cause like we have like no attention span, but it actually takes more of attention span to watch short form content. Cause you're constantly having to shift and change. And like, it takes a lot more than like, if you were able to put on a long video or a long podcast and have that in the background mm-hmm. of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I do think YouTube will be coming up again, but for me, if you're new, I personally think TikTok is best mm. because with TikTok, you never know the eyes that are going to see your content. And that can change your life. That changed my life. Like I got reached out to by a mentor of mine now when I had like 5,000 followers. And this mentor was so connected with within the industry and saw my potential and helped me out a lot. And it's like, that just happened because I, I stumbled on his, his FYP. Yeah. It's like if you're new and don't have a following, I would go to TikTok because your content might be seen by the right eyes that can really genuinely shift your career and change your life. But I I like Instagram still. Like I honestly find myself on Instagram more and more. So kind of to your point, I think find what you love and what you find creative and what is going to work best for you and your schedule and your content. But like, if you're new, I really would suggest at least trying TikTok because it changed my life. And I think that has the potential to change anybody's. Yeah, that's such a good point is the discoverability on TikTok is so different than Instagram. Somebody doesn't need to follow you to see you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I think that's a great a great tip. So to close out, we thought it'd be fun to do a little rapid fire, like hot take PR moves of a few people and brands that are are well, trending right now. OK. OK. Let's start with Sophia Richie Grange. Thoughts. Love, love, love. By the way, I'm an OG Sophia Richie follower. Like he's a follower on Keek back in the day. I'm 29. So like I was I've literally evolved with social media she just dropped her K-18 campaign, which I think was smart. I, but I think the Joe Malone brand and collab was even better. I love that for her. I think my next step for Sophia would be she has so much personality and is so funny. And right now her brand partnerships are very serious and mm-hmm. great because of the wedding. I feel like she's maturing. But I would love to see her and Nicole Richie kind of do like a what's in my bathroom like video series with Hailey Bieber. But it's like who's coming over for family dinner. Cute. And it's like Sophia and Nicole having friends come over and cooking for them and having them sit at the dinner table and have it be like celebrity friends and guests. And so they can riff off each of each other so you can see her personality even more. Yeah, I think that's such great advice because Nicole is hilarious. Like she's oh my truly gosh, one of the, the funniest, funniest people. And yet she still does like high fashion, like collabs and yeah. things like that and has her own line and stuff. So I think it's possible to do both. And like yeah. TikTok is a personality platform. So I, th- I think that's amazing yeah. advice. Okay, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I don't know if you saw, oh, but no. the news came out that was like Hollywood hates them. It's not going well. What's your feeling? What's their move? So this is really rough for me because I know I was meant to live in the UK in London and I have like the strongest, craziest connection with Princess Diana. I think it's because she looked like my mom, but like from a young age, I was obsessed and I always viewed Harry's relationship with Diana as like similar to me and my mom. And this is really difficult because my advice would be to step back 
continue the philanthropy work in Africa, do the things that actually make him and her happy and like what brought them together and step out of the spotlight and live the beautiful life that they're able to have now that they're away from all of that conflict and raise their beautiful children. But I don't think that's what they want. Yeah. So like that's where the discourse is. Yeah. It's tough because it's like they, you know, took such amazing stances and, and, you know, I've interviewed Megan. I think she's awesome. And but I'm sure there's that career itch for both of them of like relevancy and being in the mix yeah. and and having that side of it because they've had that for so long. But it's also taboo too because like the paparazzi that's ripping them to shreds is so meta of like what happened to his mom. Totally. So it's like, it's so convoluted. It's so like complicated Ugh. and layered that it's like, I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do. Okay. And this one's for all my Vanderpump rules. Girlies, Raquel. What's her move? Okay. So... Here's the thing. I obviously am team Ariana. I loved watching the reunion. I love everything. I watched everything about it. And I know they went in really hard on Raquel. And there's some conversation about like, okay, like, was that necessary? Like, that seems kind of like a lot. But then also to play devil's advocate, it's like, yeah, even though where they were going in on her really hard, she still wasn't processing that what she did was wrong or crying or showing emotion. Mm -hmm. So like, there's a lot behind it. I think personally that she shouldn't return to Vanderpump Rules. I know Tom will. I don't think she should. I think she should move back home. I think she should start like a pageant school. Like, like you know how people go to like pageant coaches yeah. and just like work with kids because that's always what she said she like likes doing and like just do that. And like, listen, and if that means being with Tom and like that's their happy ending, great. But I, I really don't think that reality TV and this industry is made for everyone. I could never handle it like that. Yeah. So I just think it would be smart for her to take a step back. And I don't know what she's going to do, though. I, I feel like 50-50 right now if she's going to come back or not. Right. I'm sure there's a billion people in her ear right now trying to figure it out. Prediction on the Courtney Travis baby name. Okay, I made a video about this. I predicted that it was going to be a boy, which was right. Nailed it. I think they're going to name him Mickey. Because she's such a Disney fan, but it's also like Mick Jagger and like very rock. So they can call him like Mick, Mickey. I I first was going to say Robert because right. obviously, but like I know I've heard or seen on the show that they're like saving that for Rob Kardashian mm. um, to continue. But yeah, I, I know people are going to be like, Mickey, what the heck? But trust me, Let's trust see. the process. I think it might be a thing. You're usually right. So we, we will yeah. wait and see. Well, Robin, thank you so much for being here and sharing your hot take. It was awesome chatting with you. And these tips are amazing. Can you tell thank everyone you. where they can follow you online? Yeah. So it's at Town on Instagram and TikTok. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work Party. If you like what you heard, follow, leave a review, rate the pod, or slide into my DMs. Check out our membership program, Insiders, designed for go-getters and game changers like you. Sign up today at CreateCultivate.com. Follow us at Work Party and at Jacqueline R. Johnson on all platforms. And be sure to head to CreateCultivate.com to keep up with all the latest events, content, and community designed to help you level up your life and career. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.